Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. State of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. It, it feels like we're getting into the, on the Memphis sports calendar, almost like the most, it, it start, we, I feel like we're beginning the most consequential portion of the Memphis sports calendar. When, when it turns to February, don't, don't, don't you feel that way? Because it, you know, ultimately, with Tiger basketball and the Grizzlies going on at the same time, this, this is when it really starts to heat up. Like, coming out of the all-star break with the Grizzlies, Feels like it started a little earlier this year with this, with that eight, you know, with the swoon they went on, and just frankly, given the attention they're getting nationally compared to previous years, and then February is when you know now it's like you're really focused on the bubble, you're focused on the NCAA, you know, making the NCAA tournament. It's the stretch run of the college basketball season, and um, you know, like for instance, last night, really important Grizzlies game, even though it wasn't must win. Tonight, Tigers at USF. Really important game. Uh, Much closer to a must-win. Still probably not a must-win, but it would be a loss that would put you in a pretty dire spot if you're the Tigers. But it just feels like, you know, back-to-back nights, it feels like it's the most consequential, you know, the start of it. Really, March, April is when it really, really heats up. Especially when the Tigers make the tournament and the Grizzlies are a playoff team. undercut your own point. You wanted to come this in. This is the and, start of you it. Wanted, no, this is the no, start of you it. You jumped the gun. Okay. You did. All right. You jumped the gun. Because let me you show don't you. think February is no. consequential? No. February is the worst month on the sports calendar. Uh. February is if you go to, like, if you need to go to rehab, you go to rehab in February. <laughs> that's when you do it. What, can you just say vacation? No, I, no, because that's not, no, it's different. On vacation, you could miss real sports. You're not going to miss anything. Mm. So that, that's when you do it. But here's where you undercut your point. Mark, let me show you how the real ones do it. Mm. Tonight's Tiger game, it's not must win. Mm. It's can't lose. Can't lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But guess what else the Tigers basketball schedule has been for pretty much like the last three weeks? Can't lose. There you go. Well, fa- past few weeks, it was, uh, for the Grizzlies, it was just lose. Uh, but they, they finally got uh, no, the things their, turned around was, last night. Theirs was can't win. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is, uh, it is an eventful p- time. Right now, with trade deadline week for the Grizzlies and uh, things heating up with the Tigers, we're going to get into it and buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit uh, here in a second because it is Wednesday. Mm, I see some Cam Reddish trade rumors out there. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that stove is hot. Oh, man, <laughs> David Cobb's going to join us at two forty or so from CBSSports.com. We'll talk college football with him. The big story. I, I, I guess nationally, na- the big national story that relates to Memphis. Apparently, the Pac-12 commissioner, George Klyavkov, is on SMU's campus today um, about potentially expanding. And SMU and San Diego State, I believe, are the two schools 
the Pac-12 might be considering adding. Um, so we'll discuss uh, what that could mean for Memphis. What does it mean for Memphis um, later on this segment and with David Cobb. 3 o'clock or so, we will get in the list. We will get into the latest NBA trade deadline rumors because I believe, Jeffrey, tomorrow's show, right in the middle of it is when the deadline ends, right? I think it's like a 3 o'clock central time is the trade deadline, correct? I'm on it. Okay. But uh, we'll we'll dive into the latest there. We'll talk about LeBron's big night last night, Kyrie Irving's big press conference yesterday. It's literally as we hit the air. As we hit the air? It's 3 Eastern. 3 Eastern. Okay, perfect. So you'll we're going to get you up to date today on the deadline. Here we are 24 hours away from it happening. Um, and it's really heating up here in Memphis, and we'll talk some Super Bowl, too, um, because, surprise, we're only uh, two, three days away, three, well, four days away. The commission spoke today. Oh, we, we got, got the, the state of the We state. got the real state of the union. <laughs> the state the of real, football? The, the state, state of our of, football union? The state of the most important thing in the country right now, <laughs> the NFL. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Um, but let's... Uh, By the way, didn't notice as much grandstanding in theater. That shows you a good leader, mm. a strong leader. Or maybe one that, I don't know, keeps people that would dissent from having a microphone? Oh, yeah. Roger? Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no dissenting. What is it? The the repu- There's no... Uh, the reporters are yeah. not, like, uh, well, jeering, booing him or whatever. Well, there's, there's, no, uh, there's no USFL response. <laughs> that would be great. The USFL God, rebuttal. Oh, they should have done it. Yeah. The Rock should do an XFL response. <laughs> the like, Rock yes. should cut a promo. Yes. Yeah, like cut a Against promo Goodell. right now. Yeah. Oh, that would be fantastic. Uh, but let's uh, let's get into buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. It's that time on ninety two nines Giannato and Jeffrey show where we either buy, buy sell, sell, short, or go to Reddit. All right, Jeffrey. We got to start with the Grizzlies. Last night, as we mentioned, they won again. 103-89 over the Bulls. Impressive fourth quarter close uh, by them after several fourth quarters that had gone awry. Um, really locked down defensively. Held the Bulls to 14 points in the first quarter, 14 points in the fourth quarter of that game last night. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. was very good again. Ja had a nice night in his return from the wrist injury. Um, Brandon Clark had a good game off the bench, closed the game. Um, but the story coming out of the game, however, was Dylan Brooks. Um, it was his first game back since that suspension, uh, that he got for the incident in Cleveland with Donovan Mitchell punching him in the nards. Um, the nut shot had heard around the world. Yes. Trademark. Um, <laughs> but, um, he was, had another poor shooting night, hit a big three late, but otherwise had a pretty horrible shooting night again. Um, one for one in his last one. Yeah. <laughs> Ended up, I think, two for 10 and one for seven from three. One for one in his last one. Um, but, and in the midst of missing some shots in the third quarter, several in a row, got booed by some fans at FedEx Forum. Um, and then when he checked back into the game at the end of the third quarter for like the last 30 seconds for a defensive possession... Also got a little bit of booze from the crowd when that happened, and he heard him. He, you know, and uh, I have a column up at commercialpeel.com. I was standing by 
You know, he said he didn't care about it after the game, but like very clearly he did. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh huh. You know, like I was standing by the Grizzlies bench as the game ended, um, and as he walked up the court, like, you know. I he, mean, let's let's be clear. He said, you know, getting booed in my hometown. I mean, effing Memphis. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like he he wasn't thrilled about it. Well, I think part. See, I wasn't sure in the moment because I was I I was the one who asked him the question about the booing and all that. And standing there in front of his locker last night, at first, like, when I listen back to it and you read the quote, it comes off as, like, derogatory towards Memphis. But in the moment, I thought he was more, like, he, he was trying to correct himself because he had said hometown, and it's not technically his hometown, Mississauga. But, like, I'm not sure. I, I think I'm not— I, I'm not going to—you were there. Yeah. So I, my, you, that was my initial impression. But like when I went back and listened to it, so it came heard, off. All I that heard was way. the audio from the locker room because I had to I had to get the f bomb out of there. Yeah. for this morning, mm-hmm. it came off the the way it came but off you were as in like, the room, and I think that matters. Yeah, my initial impression was that he was like more like f I said hometown when I really meant Memphis. But then when I listened back to it, I also felt it was like kind of like, you know, and like I'll just tell you, I'm standing by the the reason why ultimately I side with. It was like probably the way you everyone else construed it is when he was coming off the court, like everyone else is celebrating, like Jaron Jackson Jr., John Moran are like really happy that they won the game. Steve-O's like putting Jaron in a sleeper hold on the on the fish interview after the game. And J- Dylan just walked basically right. He was the first player off the court. And all the fans around there at that point are like cheering him, yelling, Dylan, Dylan, trying to get him to slap hands, whatever, you know, stop and sign something, whatever. And Dylan, like, just had his head down and didn't stop moving. And, like, right as he was walking by me, it just happenstance, just goes, literally goes, like, loud enough for me to hear. I don't know. I, I certainly don't think the fans heard it, but he's just like, F y'all. Like, yeah. And it, to me, it was just like a clear, you know, right then and there, I go, oh, yeah, he, he definitely heard it. And then I think the way. One, the way Ja came to his defense on social media, even though in his press conference he was not asked about it, tells me that Dylan said something in the locker room to the other, you know, like he made it, like it was clear to the other players in that locker room whether they heard it during the game or Dylan said something about it. Let's be clear. Unless they're deaf. Yeah. They heard the booing. Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't super loud. It was, but it was more than a smattering. It was more than a smattering. You couldn't do the one of my favorites favorite moves that you'll see of athletes. Like Ian Poulter did it when he got booed at the uh, the Open Championship after going to live, and he got booed on the first tee. He's like, it was just one guy. It was just one guy. Mm-hmm. It was more than one person last night. Yeah, and it was just fascinating because it comes as you know it came in the last game before the trade deadline, and you know it does feel like. Of all the players on that roster right now, I'm not saying any of them are l- likely to get traded, but doesn't it feel like Dylan's the most likely to be included? Like him or Danny Green, ultimately, because they're got expired. You know, ex- if there's a deal made, doesn't it feel like one of them is going to be in it? What about a guy down in South Haven? Yeah, but I still wouldn't put him more. Li- I I agree, he's up there as someone who could be put in a trade. I still would put Dylan as more likely to be included because they're going to need. Well, I think I think the way I would phrase this: the most likely to get traded is picks. Mm-hmm. Yes, but if you're talking about players, I think you're right. I think it's Dylan then is the next. Yeah, 
or Danny. You could say I could hear you. Say, I could hear an argument for Danny Green being the next most likely. I don't know, man. I, the, I, the, the reality is, if it's the OG and Anobi deal, the most likely is Dylan, because I don't think you can have. I don't know if it's going to work with both Dylan and OG and Anobi on the roster. Yeah, Jeff was pushing back on me this morning. I I I think it's naive to think to think like. Oh, they're bringing the in his replacement. Yeah, no, yeah I, I think like, that is. I a, mean, he might. Like, I'm not saying Dylan will like, re, like, would be like insubordinate, but like, I don't think it's gonna work from. Like, I think it's gonna be awkward from a chemistry standpoint for the, you know, whatever the twenty. It's only twenty five games essentially. You'd have that plus the playoffs. Like, I don't, you know, that would worry me. Again, I love. I love when we like to do the. Well, just be a professional. Mm-hmm. No, they will be professional, yeah. but it also that also like I'm not saying there's going to be a fight or whatever. But when guys are unhappy, I don't know. I just feel it like this: the Browns when they sign Deshaun, mm-hmm. like you know you're going to be without Deshaun for a significant period of time. Mm-hmm. There was a case to like bring Baker back and convince him like, hey, you should stay. This is the best yeah. situation. This is guaranteed playing time, whatnot. But in the end, like they never considered. Like you cut it, you just move on. Yeah. No, I, I think. That's the reality, but it, it was it was interesting coming with that backdrop. So I ask you this: Is our opening buy sell short or go to Reddit, Jeffrey? Buy sell short or go to Reddit. Last night was Dylan Brooks' last game with the Memphis Grizzlies, which would mean he, you know, his last game he got booed. I'm shorting this, mm. and here's why I'm shorting this. I think there's a lot of people that are trying to will this into existence. Oh, doesn't it feel like the? Doesn't it feel like the reports? I felt like we got some more more reports that Memphis is heavily in it in OG Ananobi. Well, Mark Stein is reporting that the Grizzlies, Knicks, and Pelicans are the teams that have told Toronto they're willing to give up two sec first round two first round picks for OG Ananobi. That's what that's what's been reported. It's also being reported that Toronto is still asking for three. Okay. May I raise my hand here? Are these two teams that you want to be in consideration with of in the buying market? I, I guess at least with the Knicks, you can say this is a new regime. This mm-hmm. isn't like same old Knicks. Although yeah. I'm of the opinion it's same old Knicks till proven otherwise. I mean, I would say, yeah, I guess. And with the Pelicans, I guess you could at least say if you want to do the positive spin, like, I don't know, I guess the Pelicans moves they've made have all made sense. Well, I would say this. I don't even look at it like that. I more look at it as I think if you're a tie with either of those teams, if you will, in terms like those teams can offer if you if you're all offering the same things in terms of number of draft picks, the Grizzlies are not going to beat out the the Knicks or the Pelicans offer, I don't think. I think both those teams have better draft picks to offer to offer Toronto. Pelicans have all those Lakers picks. Yeah. I still think, though, what it's going to really boil down the to... The Knicks are a worse team than the Grizzlies. I think what it's really going to boil down to is the Grizzlies are going to have to decide. Like They've clearly decided they want to be in it, mm-hmm. but they have to decide do they want to win it. Yeah. Because like, I think it's going to take all the first-round draft, you know, like the three picks to win it because you're not winning a tie with them, if you will. With If you have, like, two correct. picks, like or you're going to have to throw in, you know, maybe, like, I would assume maybe Zaire's on the table here, too, right? I mean, if they want him. Like, the more and more you think about that South Haven stint, is that maybe an audition for teams to see him when he's, like, got the ball in his hands and playing a bunch of minutes? You don't send someone to South Haven to raise his draft stock. Yeah, but that's fair. 
But what I would say is I do not think at this point Zaire is going to be untouchable or anything like that's that. That's not going to prevent a deal from getting done. Yeah. But I'm going to sell this because ultimately, one, it's more like it's it's partially probably emotional and sentimental. I would hate for that to be like Dylan Brooks, like he's a polarizing player. Yeah, but how many times is it ever in the way it's supposed to? Yeah, but like, it, there's one thing to not end the way it's supposed to. Another, like, like to have him get booed like that in his last game—that doesn't feel right. I doesn't. I I know. I know. It's just it's hokey, sentimental stuff. It doesn't actually matter. See, I would actually disagree with you on this, and I'm not saying that I think the boos were appropriate because I'll get into that in a minute. Mm-hmm. I think Dylan Brooks having an up and down career where some people are booing him and then some people are not happy about booing him. I feel like that's a fitting in to yeah, Dylan Brooks' no, career. He felt more like grump. I wanted grumbling it. Like there was no need for booing. Okay, but guess what? That's like you you were not the script writer. I know. No, I know. And like that's it's partly that and then it's also partly like I am just not like I I remain unconvinced that this is the OG Ananobi is worth this much. And like you should this is this should be your chips on the table move. I, I'm just feels, not convinced of it. This feels like in the if we're going by the old school classifications of Mercedes, before they started This is like getting the cheap Mercedes. No, this is like getting a C class and paying for a S class. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, okay, I'll maybe grant you this. Fully loaded E. Paying, paying for a fully loaded E and getting a C class. It's just like to me, it's like it's it, got it's got Mercedes on it. No, and maybe you know, I hear the argument of you know, like for instance, you got to get something for Dylan. But you know, if you're gonna let him walk, you got to get something for Dylan. Or but, you're mean, gonna have to use okay. these assets at some point, hold and on, like they're not on, as good maybe on, as you everyone, think they are. Time out. Everyone keeps doing that. There are ways to still get compensated, even if he walks. Yeah, you could do sign and trade. Correct. You could this do sign isn't and trade. The, if no. you just decide to bring him back, it's not the end. Yeah. No, I I, I mean, they did it. Remember DeLon Wright the oh, yeah. first year? The, that ended up well, getting Tyus Jones in a second. They got Tyus Jones in a second-round pick for DeLon Wright. DeLon Wright's actually not a bad player. but I can't remember. Well, no. That was – you want to talk about, like, when people ask what was the what was the darkest period of the Grizzlies franchise, my answer would be the DeLon Wright hunting triple doubles. <laughs> Because that was the only. Remember, like in yeah, when way, Mike was playing like once every six yeah, games. But it was actually like, and, uh, and then the record, finally they were just like, "Hey, Mike was like, come on, do I really? I'm correct. gonna, I'm gonna sit this like, one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's fine." And to be clear, I am not making fun of Delon Wright. Like it was truly the only thing worth watching on the Grizzlies was no. And Jonas, him. remember Jonas was putting up yeah. Jonas was putting up numbers right away. <laughs> but I mean, that was a sad, dark day. Like with that that last the that April. Remember when they like finished those games? Yeah, but on the after broad- the trade deadline, after they did the that trade was, deadline, after yeah, Ugh. what was it? Was it the Portland game where I don't, I don't. Remember. That was the no, the Portland game this year. Oh yeah, yeah. like last week, mm-hmm. where Ja became the consecutive triple doubles. Yeah, he yeah. said he's like the first person to do this since Delon Wright, and then <laughs> and I was like, you don't. Everything when about he hearing, got those, Delon Wright got. Yeah, that. I remember those was, happening, like, remember and it was like it was those April games where literally there was no defense. Play. Didn't we have a Zeller on the roster at that point? Yeah, I think that's right. I think yeah. Tyler was on the roster. Yeah, yep. That was, that was also a good time. CJ Miles, I believe, was oh, on yes. that team. You know, yes, yeah. Um, Dylan was hurt. Um, well, because remember there was a that again, and Jaron was hurt. If you too. also they, well, and they sat up. Remember they sat well, out. Jaron Jaron was hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaron was air quotes hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jaron was the, man, that that quad looks pretty bad. 
but I just arrest that. I'm just I I don't know. I feel like this is Dylan is going to rebound from this. Like and and ultimately, I'm just not sure. OG Ananobi, in my mind, is enough of an upgrade to 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 basically get rid of all your flexibility. And I and I will say this: I when I asked Taylor Jenkins last night about the deadline and like the way I framed it was like. How do you determine like what's real? Like you just went through losing eight and nine games. Like how much of that do you consider like, you know, this is a problem? And how much do you consider like this is just the ups and downs of the season? And we don't want to panic. And the way he phrased it was, we don't want to be reactionary. We want to be forward thinking. And that tells me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Taylor really missed a career in politics. He also he also had another. Uh, I gotta go look it up on my recording. I heard it the other in the in the pregame press conference yesterday. There's something else besides taking your vitamins. And during the break, I'm gonna go listen to it again. There's something. It, it's has not a, just good habits. It's something. Yeah. It, there's. It's like I, as soon as I heard, it, I go, "Oh, Jeffrey's gonna love this." Well, then why didn't you write it down? I I, guess I it was so quick, but I forgot it now. It, you know, a lot a lot was happening pregame. Um, but regardless, I'm hearing neglect on your part. <laughs> well, I'll get it in a sec. We'll talk about it. Um, soon enough. But that tells me they're not going to make just some on-the-edges move. And, like, ultimately, like, as I put in my column at commercialpill.com, like, I would love that there – I would hope – I hope there's a low-cost, you know, move where you can add a shooter for the bench. Because, like, you saw last night, they don't got – you know, Conchar didn't hit a shot. Tyus Jones didn't hit a shot. Danny Green didn't hit a shot. He's the only guy on the bench who played well was Brandon Clark. By the way, we've been talking about how so far Danny Green has passed the eye test. Last night was not a pass the eye test. That leg looks sore. A yeah, stiff, he said – I asked like, him – I actually talked to him last night. And I and I guess that makes sense if you like, ramping up and all this stuff. No, I asked him, I asked him, like, what – how do you feel? Like, yeah. how does it feel after three games? He said, physically, I feel all right. He goes, in terms of getting my rhythm back, he's like, I'm not close. Like, he's like, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, where they want me to take shots – you know, and that sort of, they're still working some kinks out. Um, regardless, no one off that bench was making shots. Zaire was making shots, but in South Haven last night. Um, and so um, I would love for there to be like some solution. And maybe like, you know, some people have mentioned like maybe in the buyout market, you know, there's rumors that Washington might buy out Will Barton. <laughs> get Will Barton to come to Memphis. Oh, go to that bargain bin, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can find maybe Van Wilder DVD in there. But oh, like, no, it's Van Wilder, Raj of Taj. Let's just be real. It's kind of, it feels like kind of wishful thinking. Cause like, but you think? Because the, the play in has created a scenario at the trade deadline where there are more buyers than ever before and fewer sellers. Which is probably good for the league overall, but like you are having to pay a premium at the deadline. And it feels like to me, from that answer, forward thinking, like they're not just gonna go get some guy who can be a rental. They want they're gonna get someone who can like fit into their, you know, plan, so to speak. And the only guy who you you know, who's mentioned as a trade target during this deadline that makes sense in that regard is Ananobi. So doesn't it feel like it's going to be Ananobi or like it? Uh, my feeling is like they're going to go after Ananobi and then maybe they won't make a move. Yeah, even though I don't to like, be a contender this year, they got him. I I think they need to add someone. They can't like if that if they don't add some sort of shooting, like they're going to be in trouble come the postseason. 
Yeah, I I'm just not comfortable dealing in a definite there because oftentimes you don't like there could be residual guys that yeah. become available. No, there could be it. some names we're not even hearing about. You know, like you could float and under the radar. You could tell me that if they're going to get like a a fourth wing, you could tell me that guy's a rental. Yeah, you know what I mean, like you sure if it's a fairly, what are you giving up like a second round? You know, like someone you give up a second round pick yeah. for? Yeah, yeah. But like that's not or what they. Or is that here? That feels like that. I mean, what they need is like you know an eighth man, and you know I don't know if that's truly. I you know I don't know. I don't know if you can get that for a low cost, if you will. No, I, I think you're. I think you're right on that. I think in the end, the market for Ananobi is going to be higher than you're going to end up willing to pay. But I also I don't know. This is kind of my thing with Ananobi. I'm just getting strong, like, Barney Stinson vibes of a new seven is better than an old seven. Mm. Like, I've yet to see someone make a dramatic case, an overwhelming, like, I yes, I agree, that he's really that much better than Dylan. Like, it seems like he, Mark, I know you're probably on the start of blue. It seems like there are things that he does better than Dylan, particularly on the efficiency side of shooting. Mm -hmm. And then it seems like there are things that Dylan does better, which is playing defense on the perimeter, Mm -hmm. and particularly one-on-one defense. I, but I'm still not – no one has really convinced me that this is some major upgrade. And when you consider that you're going to end up paying a premium, you better really believe in him because it's the type of deal that if you do this deal and you pay the premium, like in the end I'm going to judge it based on what do they pay. Like if they have to give up three picks, I, I'm going to judge it like, all right, you just you just made a superstar type deal. You want to – you're going for a title. Correct. Um – and the, now the reality is, you're only you're only, on, you know, you're only on the taking books. on taking them on for two years or a year and a half. Right, but here would but be still this, you're you're giving away. This would be my argument to go all in on him. Mm-hmm. You're making the for decision, a few years. You're right. going all in on. For, I think for it's two a couple years yeah. for two full. But you are basically also saying we're not really giving ourselves other opportunities. Like this is the this is who we're going in on because you're gonna yeah. the draft is not gonna really be your friend. <laughs> You don't really have a ton of other movable assets mm-hmm. because unless some of these young guys turn in, sure, you know, you know work out. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, the, but then you might want to keep. You're probably going to want to keep them if they work out. So that's the other thing. All right, but back to the actual booing and how it ended. Mm-hmm. All right, there's not really a good buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. Mm-hmm. But this is this is what I this was what I felt in real time, and I stand by it. I don't care in general. Like, I think fans have a right to boo. I really do. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I am always going to be of the opinion. I had no problem from it f- with it from a you should be allowed to do it standpoint. You should be allowed. You can't. Like, I had no, pro- I had no problem with have, it happening. I used to have a bigger moral question with college sports. Mm-hmm. But now that they're professional athletes, I don't. <laughs> like, yeah, we can laugh. They're professional athletes. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Do I think you should go into high school gyms and start booing them? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But heck, we're finding out now. There's going to be professional high school athletes. So then I don't know. Mm. Then then I'm going to have to reevaluate. Maybe middle schools where I, I think that you shouldn't be able to boo. But in general, I have no problem with non millionaires booing millionaires. To me, like that makes sense in the way the world works. Mm-hmm. What I have a problem with, and I've always had a problem with, and it's always like it's it goes back to, uh, like just in general, I can't stand when I think. Anger is misplaced or blame is misplaced. I firmly believe last night 
Dylan was nothing more than wrong place, wrong time. And he got booed. He was not booed. I believe in a world where you boo Dylan on the merits of booing Dylan. I think last night, he's having a tough night in the midst of a tough slump. But it's not like that was unexpected. He's been... It's not, mm-hmm. If you went in last night thinking he was going to shoot well, then that's you were on the wrong side statistically. But I really believe the booing last night was 100% directed at the frustration of Ja running his mouth and getting into this, the embarrassment of now people are yelling at us that, you know, whatnot, we're having to take the shrapnel. Mm-hmm. And it was very much at a team that had lost eight of nine. Yeah, it was like a, it was a, because that's where I, I think it, you're, you're prob- you might be right about the job part. I definitely think you're right about, like, it was just like, you know, that third quarter, things were slipping away again, too. It, it was, was like the was, exact same script that we've been seeing. And, and it was is, like, it was a, it was a function of the angst in the building. And it was like, okay, and now, oh, and now Dylan's missing shots. Yeah. You know, and it was yes. just like, but it was really, it wasn't, you're right. It wasn't about Dylan. It was about. Dylan this, happened to be there at D- that moment. Dylan happened to miss some shots at a moment when the game was, you know, it felt like, oh my God, this is happening again. They're going to lose again. Yeah. And, you know, they turned it around. Like, I thought the fourth quarter last night, like, they didn't play, like, Jaron and Ja made some big plays, especially Jaron. I thought hit some big shots. Jaron played like an absolute animal. Yeah. That was the other thing. I do think all of this crap that's going on, Jaron's had a pretty good stretch. Yes. He's the one. I mean, he seems very, very. Like, I mean, this is as consistently high a level. Did he get that all star boost? You know, that, feel, that, it that, feels that, like that, he's. That it new feels, car smell? Well, it feels like he's like in you know, Mario Kart yeah, when you get the star. The, yeah, you the, you the, get the yeah. star. You pick up the star. Feels like he picked up the all star. And like, so for the next yeah. two, three weeks, he's, he's going to be racing. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily he's not sustainable. On Rainbow, there's, he's not on Rainbow Row either. Yeah, no, there's, exactly. There's bumpers on the side. He's, he's yeah, he's, he can keep it going. Yeah, um, but yeah, so it was unfortunate, but and we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens over the next 24 hours or so uh, with the deadline. All right, well, let's get to the other uh, team in town real quick for our last buy sell show to go to Reddit before we get All to right. David Cobb. So Tigers in action tonight, six o'clock at USF on ESPN Plus. So get your uh, phones or laptops or uh, streaming devices ready to go uh, for tonight's game. Uh, again, another another matchup with Tyler Harris. I believe he is could tonight, much like LeBron last night. I, I, I forget how many he's away, but he could break the AAC three-point record tonight. Tyler Harris could for most three-pointers hit uh, in the AAC. Uh, in the, in the history of the AAC, I should say, he's also quietly like top five scorer this year. In the yes, uh, here it is. Here's a story from the USF site. Uh, put it out there. Um, yeah, here's Tyler's quotes. I just want to win. I want to beat those guys. Um, and uh, let's see here. Uh, with three three pointers tonight, he would set the AAC record for three pointers. Um, three? Yes, just three tonight. So he he's mean. going to be he's going to finish the season as the AAC for all time and that doesn't and that doesn't even count the the threes he made at Iowa State that one year. Now right. he did it, this is a four year record yeah. ultimately because he played he you know, with, COVID. The, got a, with the COVID, got some COVID year. year. Um he needs 19 to set the USF single season mark. Um so it is uh Has anyone done the has anyone done to Tyler Harris what we did to LeBron? Have we got like threes per game <laughs> to like show that he's really like 50th that 
those are the the real heroes out there pointing out LeBron's points per game. Mm, good stuff. Well, here's the deal. This is, as you put it, a can't-lose game for mm. Memphis. USF, we saw here at Memphis, is pretty dangerous. Um, and But at the same time, you lose this, this will do real damage to your profile. Some bracketologists have Memphis still in the field. I believe Lenardi has removed them from his field. They're now last four out, first four out. Um, so here's my buy, sell, shorter, go to Reddit for you, Jeffrey. This will be the Tyler Harris revenge game. Buy, sell, shorter, go to Reddit. He really wants to win this one. That's what he said. I'm going to sell, and here's why. If something happens on ESPN Plus in Tampa, Florida, did it really happen? At that oh Sun Dome. What is it? What is it? The Sun Dome? Well, they, you know, it's now the Yingling the Center. The Yingling Center. Yeah, uh, they got a sponsorship deal. Does You've been there, right? Yep. Does it smell like chlorine? Because it looks like it just, when you look at it, it's like, it looks like it's, it smells like chlorine. It's a very nondescript arena, that is for sure. <laughs> like, it's like a, you know, it's like, it kind of looks like Tropicana Field yeah, does. Yeah, I, I was about to say, like, it really does feel shape. like the same thing. And then it's inside, like, it's just very nondescript. It's like in Tampa and St. Pete, like in the late 90s, it felt like they just wanted like, you know what we need? It's not More a. More like white roofs. It's not a horrible arena. It's also, like I said, I, like I, I, I would just describe it as very nondescript. Not a, And like. I've never been there when it's even been remotely like it's always been like literally been less than less than forty percent full. You know, like I've never been there. Well, with I a, mean, I've never been there when there's been a good crowd at the Sun Dome or Yingling Center or whatever it's called. I would like to know if that building has ever been full for a basketball game. Yeah, I'm sure for concerts it's been full. Yeah, probably right. I would like to know though if that thing's ever been full for a basketball game. But I think the key. You know, I think Tyler's the key in this. He's their leading scorer. And last time you played him, you had Alo on him. And remember, the whole storyline was like at the end of that game, Tyler started getting to the line and taking advantage of Memphis in the second half. And then they put Alo back on him, and Alo shut him down. Did he? Yeah, down the stretch. And Tyler had what twenty eight that game? No, he didn't have that many points. He had like in the team. He remember he didn't score until like there were like twelve minutes left in the game, and then he went off for a few minutes. Like he was, like, you know. Gave them the lead because he was playing so well and getting to the free throw line, um, but he didn't have a great game against Memphis last time. He didn't. He, he didn't play poorly either. He played pretty yeah, well. You're right, seventeen. Yeah, um, and most of it was. I think almost all of it was I'm second sorry, half. I remember twenty eight. He had twenty eight percent of their points. That's what I remember seeing. It was mm, like, yeah. okay, yeah. But now you don't. I mean, you saw in that Tulane game. I don't know if I, I don't know if they locked him down. I'm telling you, he's, if you go back and watch the game, there's like a five-minute stretch where he scored most of those points. He, like, took over the game for five minutes. And then the storyline, I don't know, like, you know, I'll have to go watch the film again, but the, I remember the story after the game. Do, take that back. You are never a go back and watch the film. The only time you go back and watch the film is if you had to take care of your boys the night before and you're just watching it the next day. What? But that's not watching the film. That's literally watching the game for the first time. No, as I said, I'd have to go back and yeah, look yeah. at it. Uh-huh. And, but um, you're acting like that's on the that's on the table. No, I'm saying it as if like I'd have to do that, and I'm not going to do that. Thank but you. What I recall that's what I that's what I needed. What I recall is that Penny said then they moved Alo back onto him, and it, you know he locked him down, and now you don't have Alo uh, in this game. You don't have Malcolm in this game, um, although they didn't have him, I believe, in the first one either. But he yes did not. Yeah, so I think that was like the first or second game, right? The after first got, real yeah. game. Yeah, you know they had to play without him. Um, and so we'll see. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be a. I think you know it's on the road. 
I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a nerve-wracking game if you're a Memphis fan. I think they'll pull it out, but I don't think they're going to go in there and blow out USF. I really don't. Yeah, but I mean, I kind of think like that because they haven't really blown out yeah. anyone they, they've on had league play. I mean, SMU. They, SMU. Yeah, they kind that's of true. Up. Um, but this is a be- this team is clearly better than SMU in Tulsa. Like they're the next level. They're like at the Wichita State level. USF. I just I am at the point now with this team of do I expect them to go beat Houston? No, but they've taken care of business. Like even the if, even the Tulane game. Like in the end, Tulane's a bad matchup for them, and they got them twice. But like, and if they make their free throws, they win the game the other day. Correct. Or I don't know. Turn, instead of yeah. turning it over twenty two, if times, they go back to revert back to 15. turning the ball over ten to fifteen times in this game and make their free throws. They will beat USF. Yeah, like this is another game where if they lose, it'll be like them giving it away. Now I'm not. At the same time, you know, I think uh, you know Kendrick Davis, DeAndre Williams. Like, you know, if you're first team All AAC guys, these are the type of road games you go out and win for your team. Yes, I completely agree with that. You know, with those two guys. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, David Cobb joins the program. Stick around. You're listening to Gianato and Jeffrey, 99 FM. Yes. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code WRIGHT, W-R-I-G-H-T, and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with bonus code WRIGHT and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. David Cobb covers college football and basketball for CBS Sports. He's on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Cobb, what was the worst basketball game? Tennessee-Auburn or Tennessee-Texas Tech in that uh, tournament? Was it Brooklyn last year? Uh, yeah, I remember that game well. That one went to overtime, so I would actually give that one the nod because that, that game did not need to go to overtime, and it did. Thankfully, yeah, good uh, point. Thankfully, they missed the call uh, yeah. on, on Tennessee at the end of, of the uh, Auburn game on Saturday, and that saved us from overtime in that one. So, uh, boy, uh, just another offensive clunker from those balls. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I, it feels feels like it's a it's another Sweet Sixteen type team. That's it. But no, I'm see. This is the thing I'm worried about. Cobb, are we sure it's a second weekend team? Yeah. If they're, no, they're two vulnerable. seed, they could lose to that. That could be a popular seven yeah. two upset pick. Well, you just never know. They're they're like a a football team that plays a slow, grinded out pace. It, it just makes you susceptible to upset when you don't put up a ton of points. Because another team can shoot the ball poorly and stay in the game with you, or heaven forbid, a, a high, you know, heavy underdog shoot the ball really well, and then you're in trouble in a hypothetical two fifteen or three fourteen matchup as well. So, you know, the the parallel that you can maybe draw for Tennessee, if you want to be optimistic, go back five years ago. Virginia won the national title, playing a very similar style of basketball to the style Tennessee plays now. The year after, they lost in the first round as a number one seed. So they didn't really change anything all that dramatically, uh, but they, they still won a title with that defensive style. I mean, that that's your, your great hope if you're Tennessee is that you can follow that blueprint. But, man, they have some some really, really rough is, nights. Off. Well, and the is, thing that, is, is that 18 or 19? Yeah, so that it's was 19. 18, 19 what, wasn't that I, offense, like, while that – That the, offense was second yeah, in adjusted offense, offense efficiency. I, I I hate watching Virginia But basketball. they played the the slowest pace, whereas Tennessee right now – 60th, I think? Si- yeah, 62nd in offensive uh, uh, efficiency. So – Yeah, um, quite a chasm to, to bridge there. I, yeah, so they got a lot of ground to make up. I just wish they would switch the lineups up go a little bit more matchup-based because they do have the luxury. They can play big if they want to. They can go small if they want to and, and have uh, stretch forwards out there. Uh, so I just don't think they mix up their lineups enough based off of matchups. And then they end up pigeonholing themselves into into games where you know they're just not adjusting uh, in the game. When they, I actually think they have the versatility on the roster to where they could do that if they wanted to. Yeah, Vols in Nashville tonight at Vanderbilt. Um Wanted to go bigger picture with you, though, here, Cobb, at least in terms of bigger picture but also local. These these uh, reports, and I, they seem to be confirmed, Not just it's not just sourcing, it's like it's happening. George Klyavkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, is visiting SMU today, and it appears SMU is a prime candidate to be part of a Pac-12 expansion along, along with, I believe, San Diego State. Uh, what do you make of that? particularly from the University of Memphis's perspective because you know it felt like SMU was one of the few schools left in the AAC that felt like you know completely like-minded with Memphis in some ways but uh, yeah. I, I'm curious you know I, it would essentially be a uh, another team jumping ahead of Memphis even though it felt like the Pac-12 was a far-fetched destination for Memphis right yeah I mean obviously from a geographic standpoint SMU is going to make a lot more sense to the Pac-12 than Memphis, although 
really it doesn't align it's just with for the dallas thing. market or whatever to get into but texas but I mean, does that even matter like in the end i think more than anything isn't it just smu's got a ton of money yeah and i'm yeah. sure they've got that that all those tier one academic research <clears throat> credentials that those yeah. people just like love to to freak out about uh ultimately though you would think from a tv viewership standpoint that memphis would bring far more viewers yeah. than smu just because they, you get the quote-unquote dallas market doesn't mean that anybody in dallas cares at all about smu go ask kendrick davis what the home attendance is like uh, at memphis versus smu i mean it's it's not even close so i don't really get it necessarily from the pac-12 standpoint but i mean to me it, it's almost like Sure, why not? Get all the get all the uh, the competitors out of the AAC. Let Memphis just run this thing like they used to back in the day. I mean, I don't want to be like Mr. Nostalgia here, but there was something to be said for the way that Memphis just dominated CUSA in basketball back in the day. And now you've got a football program that's actually uh, pretty stable or, you know, and not where everybody wants it to be at the moment, but but still respectable. But, I mean, shoot, get, get SMU, your biggest competition out of there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm weird for seeing an upside to it, but – uh, I, I feel like it just opens the floor more for Memphis to dominate this new league. Well, the bigger question for me, though, is this type of move from the Pac-12, this doesn't really signal to me that we're going to see more realignment. I mean, right? Doesn't this kind of feel like kind of taking some leftovers? Yeah, no, that's a great great way to frame it because if the Pac-12 wanted to be aggressive, you know, right, like go make a make an aggressive pitch to a leftover Big 12 team or two, if you want to, if you really wanted to get into the uh, the, the Texas market or, or whatever, you know, go after Baylor. Uh, they're actually a, a reputable program that's won some things of significance in recent years. Why are you going after SMU? I, I don't know. Uh, maybe Baylor wouldn't budge uh, from the Big Twelve, or maybe their religious affiliation. Uh, I don't know. I mean, SMU is Methodist, right? I, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, but really SMU sure doesn't. SMU doesn't have like. Massive rape charges in their football program. They don't have covering up murder. Like they just have the the gold Trans Am. Like they just have the pony excess. Like you know what yeah. I mean? It's a little different, but yeah, I don't know. I don't totally see the logic in this from the Pac-12's uh, point of view. It doesn't to me. The whole thing, right? We hear nowadays it's about adding value, adding value. I think San Diego State may accomplish that in some in some way. Uh, I don't really understand how SMU does. Yeah, I mean maybe. SM, or maybe S, S, San Diego State does, but, like, I, I don't know. I guess really the thing, though, the, really what this signaled to me more than anything is the Pac-12 trying to convince some of those Big 12 teams, like, that's done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when they were trying to make that. And so I think the bigger question is, does this for – like, I don't feel like this forces any other league's hand yet. I guess the big question, though, is – what does Washington and Oregon think about this, right? Yeah, they're the, ultimately the ones who the Pac-12 needs to protect. Uh, you lose those guys, and what do you really have left? Uh, so I, I'm not sure why this move would would convince them that the Pac-12 is right. in, a, in a good direction when they, I'm sure, would still be interested in a potential Big Ten bid down the road. Um, hey, let's see also what the Big 12 has up its sleeve here because – uh, honestly, I, I think that the leadership in that conference—they've said they want to go west too. Well, that's yeah. that's to me like to me the biggest thing is this either establishes that the Pac-12 is ripe for the picking from the Big 12, or I mean, because like at a certain point, if you're Washington and Oregon, if you're sitting around waiting on this invite, like I, I still contend if the if the Big Ten really wanted them. And really thought it was necessary. They'd have them right now. 
know what I mean? Like, you would have just gotten them when you went and got USC and UCLA. Like, why? I don't know. This this is a very – I feel like this makes – this weirdly makes the Pac-12 more vulnerable. I do not feel like picking off San Diego State and SMU is a is a move of strength. Yeah, it waters you down uh, yeah. even further. And, and meanwhile, look, the Big 12 is going to remain – I think potentially still the best basketball conference in the country. And there's something to be said for that. I know football drives the train and, and, and whatnot, but uh, there, there could be something to be said for, for the Big 12 uh, maintaining basketball dominance even after losing Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, that puts them, in my mind, several rungs above uh, the, the, the new look Pac-12 in terms of basketball. I mean, San Diego State's a solid program, but SMU is not. Uh, so it's, it's uh, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily feel any better about the Pac-12 future after after seeing some of this stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't feel I don't feel better about the Pac-12. I mean, I'm with I'm with Cobb though. Like when you, is there any team right now that stinks in the Big 12 in terms of basketball? I mean, Texas Tech, but it feels more like a blip than a, a st- sustained sucking. You know? Yeah, they were good last yeah. year. Yeah. They they also play an unwatchable brand too. Yeah. Yeah, especially now that B yeah. is gone. Yeah. yeah, they really they, he leaned into that. Um, is it okay? Here, let's do some, let's have some fun. Mark and I were Mark and I were doing a little coaching carousel uh, this morning. Mm. Is anyone going to try to hire Chris Beard? Yeah, uh, I think he will get another Division One job within the next this, three to five this, years. Okay, but let's say this cycle. I don't know, man. If it, it, the job that would offer him, I don't know if that's a job he wants to jump at. Like, I'm sure he's going to find a way to settle or sue or something and at least get some money. So unless he's just desperate, just financially desperate, I don't see any way that he jumps at a lower-tier Southland Conference job or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, the guy, I'm sure he's still going to – Well, here's Jeffrey's bringing uh, it up. What about, like, what about, like, Ole Miss or tech. Georgia Tech? I think Tech will do the morality thing, though. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, I, I don't know. Even Ole Miss, you know, it's just so fresh. It took several years. Look at who uh, Mississippi State ended up with, Chris Jans. Uh, he, he got canned at Akron for something that happened not nearly to the level of what Chris Beard was accused of. And it took him a, a pretty well, lengthy and, detour to get And back. go look at what's happening to his former program right now. Yes, exactly. New Mexico State involved in, in some, some crazy off-the-court stuff this season. So uh, I, I, just see, I just think there's a longer way back for Chris Beard in this day and time. Uh, sure. Would a university want to want to hire? It? Will there be ads out there who like kind of kick the tires and like see what their university presidents think about it? Yeah, I just don't think Ole Miss can get away with it in this day and time this soon after. Um, I don't think they can. I mean, because in the end, here's the here's the problem. Everyone's going to try to spin zone it because he's a great coach. Mm-hmm. He got charged with a felony. Yeah. No, and he's got to clear all that up first. Well, but, none yeah, of that's well, cleared up. But I mean, yet. no, the problem is whether it's right or wrong. The problem he's going to have is, quote-unquote, clearing it up is going to make it seem like his fiance just dropped the charges. No, she already has. That's what but they're, I'm they're saying. Still... Like, it's going to make it seem corroborated. Yeah, I guess. But they're, they're still – I think it's still being pursued, even though she has rescinded whatever she said or whatever. I will say this, though, Cobb. I'm not so sure he's going to get any money out of that lawsuit. Yeah, we'll see. He'll try. I mean, Texas has – Oh, yeah. Oh, he's going to try. That's why I actually do think it is possible. He had to sell the home in Austin – like I'm not so sure that that dire straits money wise might not end up happening. Yeah, I mean that's true. But look, the, the dude is a grinder. If you go back yeah. and look at his history, the man had no has no problems coaching at JUCO. He coached at Little Rock. Like he's 
he, he will have no problem taking a lower tier job. I, I just don't think he's going to jump at like, like I said, a lower tier Southland conference job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think he's going to have a higher standard than that. And I think, I mean, I think he probably ends up taking a year off and worst case scenario, he ends up going Juco, you know, doing the Donnie Tyndall rehabilitation stint or whatever. And, and, and then he resurfaces, but he, make no mistake. I do believe Chris Beard will coach division one basketball again within the relatively near future. Yeah, where is where is, where is uh, Munz has talked to me about him because he because Tyndall was at Donnie. Southern and then he went to Tennessee. The first thing I remember about Tyndall, he's at Chipola College, so that's mm-hmm. like North what, North Florida, right? Yeah, uh, that's actually guys. That's where we're going next. You know, we're in oh New wow, yeah. man, they got you all. So you Chipola, went, like that's like what, like that's Panhandle, right? Yeah, well, kind of, but there's nothing there. I mean, it's like an hour and a half from Tallahassee. When he, like, so yeah, you're going from Jersey to stuff. there. Wow, Cobb. The Cobb's tour of the country is a. I know. Like, you've been in Iowa, right, or Illinois, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Iowa. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Hattiesburg. Yeah, no, actually- like they're literally they're playing like a game of uh, pinball. Like literally, yes. they go, they start somewhere high yeah. on the map. I'm sorry. You, down- you haven't. Have you gone west coast yet? Uh, we we our very first stop was Tucson, but we haven't okay. been on the coast. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's wild that y'all are doing that still. How long does this? Yeah. How long is this period where like? Yeah, you, well, Another year or so, but but it's it's okay for now. I mean, we don't have any kids yet, and then mm-hmm. I'm you shoot. I'm on my literally on my way right now. Like I'm at a rest stop, and we're I'm going to see uh, uh, Providence and Seton Hall in Newark oh, tonight. Okay, there you go. You know, so there I, I like, randomly get. I think I'm insanely jealous of y'all. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I, I mean, no, because like, yeah, but at the same time, you're not like you're not having to put down roots or anything, and so like you are getting to just kind of move around. Like that's yeah. I, that that starves off boredom. It does. It does. It's interesting. Like, yeah, I'm kind of sick of residents in at this point. Yeah. We're like, we're like platinum diamond elite, you know, ambassador mm, plus or whatever. Nice. So, you know, we're staying free for life after all this, but, uh, I'm surprised uh, Chick-fil-A doesn't do like, they just like buy an, an apart- apartment. Yeah, yeah. Like buy an apartment and just cause, cause they, I- well, we were in Atlanta for 10 months and we did corporate housing. Yeah. That, you know, and that was super nice. We were in midtown and nice, like, you know, uh, oh, that's living the good two bedroom life. apartment and all that. Yeah. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 